0: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shigrew, and Jack Wright. bear down chicago podcast
1: yeah
2: we're that bears podcast all right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Brennan Shagru, the assistant editor of Bears Wire. If you want to find Brennan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on Dwindy City as part of the fan-sided network. You can hit him on Twitter at P underscore shells. Jack Wright is with us. You want to find Jack on Twitter at Bear down jack now folks uh logan bradley there is a chance my fingers are crossed boys that he may actually be able to join us at some point but boys before we talk football how was your christmas how was your holiday how are you boys i'm tired i i told you ryan said are you tired or are
0: you hungover?" and i uh, the whiskey may have gotten the better of me on Christmas night, (laughs) the game playing and the whiskey, but mine was wonderful. It was remarkable. It was really, you know, you just have those moments where you're like,
3: I'm a lucky dude. And I just, I felt really, really fortunate. How about you guys? Ours was good. Um, Yeah, I kind of was in a similar boat, had uh, quite a few drinks, a lot of games. Uh, I'm just so happy that this Christmas is so much better than last Christmas, because I was joking to my wife, I'm like, last Christmas, we had the COVID, and the very next day, we still had COVID, (laughs) so it was very like, last. honestly, last year was so, just much of a blur, I barely remember anything, and it's it's so much better this year, being able to actually see family, celebrate with everyone, uh, and just enjoy everybody's company, instead of just being, you know, holed up in the house, so yeah, it was good. What about you,
1: Shells? Same here. Mine was great. Uh, Fortunately, didn't have to put together too many toys this year, which is always a nice treat. Uh, Ate a lot of food. We did, um, I made two trays of lasagna and about 55 meatballs for Christmas Eve. And then I think I texted you guys the picture, a little food porn. We did a uh, prime rib uh, for, for dinner yesterday. And just a lot of eating, a lot of football, a lot of drinking, some present opening interspersed between all that. So it was great. How about you, Ryan? Uh, It was it was awesome. So Friday spent it at my wife's
2: dad's place. And then Saturday, my uncle's house got to see some family. And then, you know, when you got the little one, it's you just show up and the kid is entertainment and everybody's excited to see your kid. You're just like, oh, cool. I'm just going to hang back here. And, you know, it's also another thing is that my wife and I got to eat a meal together while like looking at each other and having a conversation as opposed to like where's the baby what's the baby doing so yeah that it was it was awesome it was awesome um all right boys i i specifically want to come to jack on this but but shells and chagru i I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this as well the tank jack i know you knew this was coming right um have you changed your mind now that there are two games left division games with the potential first overall pick on the plate. How are you kind of feeling about the idea of a tank?
0: A little fed up, I guess a little bit. I I understand the conversation to some extent, but then on another level, I don't, I I just think there's a bears world. There's a, there's a a locker room, uh, you know, football coaches, football players world that is not, the the world in which this discussion happens i just i don't if you know at the end of the game uh you know luke getsy was like purposely calling poor plays as a a means to ensure the tank i I mean i would just say pound sand to this whole thing if that were true i would just say forget all of this then because sorry but that's bullshit i just don't think that coaches and players think about tanking. And I don't think the way that the plan, the field has shown itself like championship level football. You said it really well, Ryan, you know, I think you said punching above their pay grade, the defense, for instance, I, again, I think it's fan fiction. I, th- I just, it's plain up fan fiction. And I, I do think the foundation that fluce is building in terms of like discipline and like maintaining morale in the face of great adversity is is that's the narrative to me that's the story if we win a game or lose a game going forward and it changes our draft position in my opinion so be it last thing i'll say is i just don't like the it's as if this like first through third pick like the entire franchise's future hinges on it and, and I do understand the value. And I think it would be a bummer if we fell out of the first through third. I, I get it. I'm not saying that that's not important. I just think it's such a negative, in my opinion, lazy narrative to just talk about a team tanking when they're just not. Floos was asked if if um, Fields was going to, if they were going to sit him. And he said, absolutely not. That guy's talking, you know, on the phone to to, you know, Hall of Fame coaches who are advising
1: him. They're not tanking. Shells?
0: Shells? Shaguru, what about you guys?
1: Yeah, I I think, I can't remember if I texted you or if I tweeted it out, but um, I was sort of joking around, like, I kind of hope Getzy was tanking because it was better than me confronting the alternative, which is, he just has an uncanny ability to undercut momentum at every opportunity. And uh, if that's what it is, I hope it gets better because it feels like this is the fourth or fifth game where we've kind of jokingly said, like, hey, is is Getsy in on the tank? Because his plays sometimes leave a lot to be desired. And and you sit there and you go, okay, we got a lot of momentum here. What's the next, what's the next thing? Let's put our our foot on the gas pedal and let's go. And uh, much in the same way Nagy would crush momentum with a wildcat or some stupid sweet play. Uh, You know, Luke Getzi has a way of killing it with like 16 consecutive runs. Now I agree with you. I don't think he's tanking. Right. But I think we would also be kind of silly to say that maybe the GM isn't uh, making some moves behind the scene to make it, less likely that they're in a position to win these games you got a lot of guys going on ir i would think if they were in a position to to make a playoff push a lot of those guys probably wouldn't be going on ir um maybe playing through more injuries and and maybe now you kind of sit players who are are a little nicked up whereas if they were in the midst of a playoff push they would probably play um so I, I don't want to discount the idea that there are some things going on that maybe make it more likely than not that they end up with the top three pick. But I do agree with you, Jack. I don't think the coaches are are in some kind of like um, massive plan to to throw the games. But I will say I'm not like thrilled with Getze's play calling uh, a lot of it, really. I mean, I, I think he's done some really good things this year and we've talked about that. But gosh, there's just been so many times where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, here's the opportunity to seize the game and 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 to grab the bull by the horn, so to speak. And we seem to kind of let up and get really, really, really passive. And I don't like that. And so I need that to change from Luke Getze.
3: You guys already pretty much hit on the fact that we don't believe the coaches are tanking. These, these are the most competitive individuals, like almost in all of sports. I mean, anybody who does a professional sport is – just naturally competitive i i can't imagine somebody is going to actually come out and say you know what i'm gonna do my i'm, I'm not even gonna give it my all i'm gonna try to not give him my all and make sure we give ourselves a chance to lose that just doesn't compute with me i'm with jack hundred percent in the for the question about like rooting for the tank or wanting maybe losses to happen i've been on the same trajectory as jack saying i root for wins i always root for wins I will admit, and this has happened definitely in 2016, 2017, the last like specifically two games, one to two games, I really just don't care about if the season's gone. I'm not necessarily rooting for a loss. I just don't care. And I'm kind of getting to that point. Sadly, I've I've seen enough from Fields. I don't want them to sit them per se, but I'm just sort of like... I I could go either way. Like, what do these games mean at this point? We're facing a Vikings team. We're facing a lions team. Um, But that being said, I'm not going to actually like root for them. I'm just sort of a little more apathetic by knowing the season's lost. We've seen a lot of development from the guys we
2: need to see. It it just is what it is. I'm just trying to get through the last two weeks of the season at this point. Brennan, I think that's kind of where I'm at is after the green Bay game. I, I don't care. Uh, and I think it's definitely shifted to, it really would be kind of silly to win one of these next two games when you have uh, a draft position the way that you do. I, I totally get it, Jack, that, that the, the coaches and the players, that's not on their mindset. Um, but with that being said, I mean, the first or second overall pick that, I mean, you either get an impact player that can change the direction of one side of the football, whether that be offensive or defense, or you can get a hall that can like plug and play in so many different holes, which they definitely have one of our listeners. And I'm thinking it's no longer a Nato. I'm a man. I hope I got that right. The coaches and players may not be tanking, but I don't think the front office is really invested building this year's roster. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I I definitely agree. I think that's something that I kind of said at the beginning of this season, um, which if we roll back the tape, boys, uh, to our picking of the uh, the wins and losses, I just want to say to to me uh, in in first place in, in that category and Patrick Sheldon, you had the Bears at
1: nine wins. You any regrets in that, buddy? No, I mean, how many one-score games have they lost this year? Uh, they've had a ton of injuries. I think you know you flip some of those games that were one scores, and they're a lot closer to nine wins than they are to three wins. Um, but we always thought that this could be a, a, a one possible one possible outcome for the season, right? But no, I, I no regrets. I don't live with regrets, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like Adam Rink would say. He knows he's going to pick the Bears every week, but doesn't mean anything
4: <laughs> Are they, Hey,
1: I um, wonder on the tank question like I wonder how Jets fans feel now if they were could go back and and not beat the Rams in December of 2020 would they did that win mean a lot to them or would they go back and they change history and take the L so that they could draft Trevor Lawrence look at the
2: Jags and Trevor Lawrence I man I mean that's that's a that's a that's a team that's fighting to the end and they may be in the playoffs yeah
0: I, I think I will, you know, even more lean into my unpopular opinion though, just because, you know, again with you guys chatting about it, I, I, I would try to think to myself, to you know, Brendan's earlier point, like how does that play out in the locker room exactly when you're you're having these guys practice and play in like sub-zero temperatures and you're you're selling like this discussion about hits and you know you're fighting for a roster spot and and you know flus always uses the term like championship mentality and stay the course and i mean they are fundamental like absolutely fundamentally disciplined uh, with a ragtag group how does that play out then when you look over at the offensive coordinator and and they go oh oh he's he's in on the tank Can you imagine the locker room mutiny that that that, that would would be like an absolute crap show? And there's no way that they would have maintained the morale that they have maintained if these half cocked, you know, accusations about about Getze or the staff tanking. If that was anywhere close to true, that would be an absolute shit show in the locker room. Agree about polls. Poles is doing it right. We've talked about it. He's tearing it down. He didn't invest a ton. He probably put his arm around Flus at some point and said, it's going to be rocky, buddy. It's going to be rough. We're going to take our lumps, but we're going to set this thing straight, man. We're going to do it. And I would say, again, last thing I'll say, is I think the mentality, the fundamentals, the locker room, the relationship between position coaches, the, the continued desire to try to win
3: games is more important than where this draft pick falls Well, and Jack, to your point, look what happened last year. We had talked about Matt Nagy's ability to kind of keep a locker room together. And that all fell apart last year when you heard Jalen Johnson say, yeah, some guys are already just sort of packing it in and other guys are trying to compete still for the rest of the season and then beyond. With a team like this, with a lot of guys that are on one year deals that probably aren't going to be on the team next year or their futures are very uncertain you can't be like that because these these guys' future, like this, is it? You know, they're they're playing for tomorrow and they're playing for the next week, and then who knows after that? So we've already seen in with the previous regime, things started to fall apart at the end. There's no way with how tight this locker room is, the fight that they show in week in and week out, that is not a conversation, and I just can't see it happening over the next two weeks.
2: The only thing I would I would say, and it's kind of going with what Brennan is saying, is. Think about some of those backup guys that didn't get featured in some way, like they're earning a paycheck for next season. And Jack, I, again, your, your understanding of the locker room, I don't dispute that in the slightest. I don't think there's any player or coach that is actively trying to do it, but I think from a management perspective, you got to go, we really have an opportunity to, to improve our football team for the next year. Let's, let's really, let's look at some guys in, in a backup role and see what they can do for two games. And yes, the fans are going to be a little upset about it, but at the same time, like how does this set us up for success in the next year? Cause I think all of us have talked about it at some point is that the turnaround from being a God awful football team, which this is a terrible football team to a playoff contender. I mean, it could be a one season turnaround, right boys. We, we know it. It's
1: possible. Let me ask you guys a question, because I think we all agree Luke Getze's not in on a tank. But how do you all feel that his play calling has been such that it has led some to openly question whether he is? Much the same way folks kind of jokingly asked whether Nagy was sabotaging Fields in the Browns game with that game plan. Um, Like, How do you all feel about Getze's play calling being so bad that people are like, is he tanking? (laughs) Like even asking that question as a joke. what, What do you all think? The, the running
2: theme of of this podcast this season has been things aren't linear. Things aren't linear. And I would hope that we would have seen a better trajectory out of his play calling. And there's been times where you'd be like, that was amazing. That was amazing. And I think Brendan, I think at one point this season talked about, you know, the the run designs that he has are absolutely brilliant at times, but he has made some awful, awful calls. And third and long, I, if, if he's not like, protecting assets like you, you got to have a serious conversation is this is is he the guy next year which i know i am i'm hot and cold with getsy and i i don't know what i don't know what to say there look i'll just say he I've been a fan of his.
3: I think he's done a really, really good job this year. You can't – they have the still the best rushing attack in all the leagues still. They lead the league with 179 yards per game still, even after this past week when things didn't go well. The issue I have with him is he has built such a good running team and just such a good running game he doesn't know how to kind of build off of that. And when things sort of happen with these big plays in the passing game, like in the Packers game with Nikhil Harry and Equinemia St. Brown, or this past week with Bayless Jones, it's almost like it happened by mistake. And he's like, all right, we got to get back to our bread and butter, which is running the ball, running the ball. And then they are chewing up yards. I think on that Bayless Jones play They were able to get like third and three or something. Maybe I'm wrong, Um, but it's still that situational play calling. If the passing game is working, if Fields is hot, you go back to him. He just always leans on the run, maybe a little too much, even though it's been really good for most of the season. So it's one of those things that he needs to do some self-scouting in the offseason and understand when this is working keep going back to it until the defense slows you down or shows that they can beat it. And maybe sometimes when the run game isn't there, you need to change a little, you know, some things up. I mean, we've criticized Nagy in the past so many times for not establishing the run for going away from the run too many times. And now it's almost like the opposite, like, Hey, it's okay to open things up, especially when you show that big plays can happen from it.
0: I'll admit that I he's probably been the most roller coastery of of the assistants. I will admit that. Uh, I, I do agree oftentimes with you shells that it would be nice to see him open it up a little bit, especially when you've got the most dynamic player on the field. Why not chuck the ball a little bit more, you know, in in a lot of instances. But I think it's impossible to 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 have a report kind of report card on a guy who's in his first year on this team. I, you know, you, you are looking at a room full of B-teamers and Justin Fields. There's been eight different offensive line combinations in 15 games, and the guys that started there in the first place weren't really that good anyway. You know, and we've talked about the wide receivers. So, I mean, I just, I do think Chris Morgan and, and I think Luke Getze have done the best they can with with what they have. And last thing we saw it, I think really evidently clear this last, you know, this last game, if fields doesn't pop off for some reason, like, well, then what are we doing? (laughs) Like what's next? We can put together some decent drives, especially like uh, right out of the gate when it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all written down. It's all game planned. But then as the flow of the game continues and one of the best defenses in the league decides to adjust if
2: fields doesn't pop off, what do you got? Boys, I think we should uh talk about some ads. We should uh we should uh hear about our sponsors. Jack, you wanna uh you wanna wanna talk about uh our guy, your guy, our yes, yeah, our it. guy. He's our guy. He is our him. guy.
0: Yeah, the Bear Down Chicago podcast is partially sponsored by SheridansBarbershop.com. Uh Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 68 years. There's six barbers there. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You know, one thing I think, Ryan, that we haven't talked about, it's like old-timey barbershop. It's got like straight up the pinwheel, you know, barbershop, iconic um, sign out in the front, uh, the chairs, you know, they're doing like, you know, shaving, beard trimming, uh, they're doing like hot wax treatment, right around like your neckline, like that stuff. it It's cool. It's kind of a throwback. So you can go to Sheridan's barbershop.com. I just added that because I thought it was fun or call 630-668-0137
2: and book yours today. Sheridan's barbershop where traditional meets modern. Before we get to Brendan's breakdown, I just want to, one thing about that, I took a long time to make the switch. You know, I was going to one of those, like, more expensive haircut places, and a buddy was like, why don't you go to a barber? And I was like, I don't know, like, do, are, do they know how to cut hair? And the first time I went, I was like, I don't know what took me so long. Go to Sheridan's, they're they're so, so good. Uh, Brendan, I'm a little sad. Because we've only got two more Brendan's breakdown until next season. Like well, we, we got three counting today. Well, I understand that, but I'm just saying after today, we've only got two, and I just I'm bummed because I just look forward to this so much. So uh, so yeah. so I'm, you know, I know you got to talk about Levi beforehand, but I just just want you to know that I'm excited. No, thank you, man. And I do get to talk about Levi beforehand because he's been
3: such a great supporter of this segment. And I'm going to go a little off script here because I told you guys I tweeted it out. I went shopping with Levi. I actually went to fan art by Levi on Etsy. He I'm telling you, he has some great art. And I got to show this to you guys. And everybody on YouTube can see it. This is what that man sent me. You can see the glare. Sorry, I put it in a frame. Um, I purchased a Star Trek painting for my brother. He loved it for Christmas. I gave it to him yesterday. And Levi was so nice. He gifted me this Bears uh, art that was made by him, signed by him. I was so happy. He had a just an awesome note for us. He was just thrilled with everything we're doing with the podcast. So uh, you can see that this art is quality. And I, I, he supports us. I'm definitely supporting him. And you should support him too. So if you want something truly unique for yourself or someone else, visit the Fan Art by Levi shop. That's all one word on Etsy. He features over 100 original pieces of spray paint art. Each painting is original, signed, and one of a kind. The shop features sports teams like the Bears, superheroes, Star Wars or Star Trek, Pokemon, and so much more. And dude, believe I got this thing out within like an hour after I ordered it. That dude was fast. So you are going to get your artwork very fast as well. So you can find amazing and affordable art at the fan art by Levi shop on Etsy and just visit Etsy.com slash shop slash fan art by Levi. I'm going to put that down so I don't drop it because I got to hang it up later. All right. I, I teased you. I think I teased it to you guys. I wasn't sure if it was live on the stream, but I have a very special breakdown for this week because it is Christmas, you know, and One of the best Christmas stories is the night before Christmas. So this is the day before Christmas. I should get some glasses on to, you know, like I'm reading, but anyway, it was the day before Christmas on the lakefront in Chicago, the bears were set to welcome the bills of Buffalo. The fans were all nestled cold as hell in their seats, hoping to see a bears game that didn't end up in defeat, but to everyone's surprise, the game started out in glee as the bears marched down the field scoring a touchdown from david montgomery the bills decided to match they couldn't fall behind josh allen found gabe davis which proved to be a good find the bears offense began to stall that became clear as day with justin fields doing everything he could just to make a play the defense however found ways to get the ball back kyler gordon nabbed an interception he was on the attack but when the bills offense returned the ground game took full force They ran the ball hard like they were a wild horse on James cook on Josh Allen on Devin Singletary. They kept getting big yards on every single carry. The game got out of hand as fans were chilled to their bones. Not even a surprising big play could fix things. Not even from Bayless Jones. Offensively, things went from bad to just messy in large part. Thanks to the play calling from Luke Getzey. The bears lost 35 to 13 and there weren't too many thrills. At least we know that no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But cheer up, Bears fans. It's soon it's going to be all right. So I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Well played, my friend. That was great.
2: Dude, Thank I, you. I, I played your background music nice and quietly for all of our our, our watchers, our viewers on YouTube. But I almost like want to take it back and just, you just enjoy just that beautiful, yeah. just that 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 voluptuous voice. Ooh, yeah, I dropped a voluptuous on you. All <laughs> right, boys, we got a game to talk about. Let's talk about a football game. So let's get your quick overall thoughts on the game. For this one, we're going to go Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon. Now, boys, we're going to keep this order for the entire evening. So sorry, Shells, that you are in, in almost last place, but I believe in you. I believe that you can handle this one. So again, that order for all of these tonight will be Jack, Brendan, and And Patrick Sheldon, I will finish it up. If for some reason, Logan does pop in, like he said, he might, we'll, we'll throw him in the mix and we'll, we'll figure all of that out. I think a championship team, the
0: Buffalo bills with a fully loaded roster that is designed to win now defeated a bad team that has three wins on the year that has injuries all over the field, starters out all over the field. In fact, heck, they lost a, a, an O-lineman during the game. So so I think a, a really good, well-prepared team with uh, pro bowlers and, and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, uh, well-coached, well-established, um, high-ranking offense, high-ranking defense, um, beat a team that's not as good. I mean, ultimately, that's really what it comes down to the bears kept it close. And I think that was impressive. And they've done that. They kept it close in the first half and up until the end. And they've done that frequently. And you know what? I think again, the defense has had two really good offenses off kilter for large chunks of the game, two weeks in a row now with the Eagles and now with the bills. And uh, like we've talked about that, it's pretty, that's, that's impressive to
3: me. Rag group doing a really nice job. It, it was like two games in a row now the eagles game we saw the first half they were very competitive they kind of had them off their skis a little bit they really didn't know what to expect maybe that was part of the cold too i mean if you believe in that bare weather maybe it actually showed itself for the first half during the eagles game and the bills game too so it was kind of what i thought might happen a competitive game in the first half but the the Bills realized they were the Bills. They had more firepower. They had a better roster. They had better. They had better coaching. I, I mean, although I will say, watching, <laughs> they needed to put a camera on the Bills' offensive coordinator suite because Ken Dorsey and I. I don't know the other guys' reactions when Josh Allen was making some of those weird throws or fumbles. It was just the best part of the game. Yeah, just all the face palming. <laughs> the one guy just like. Like, I don't know what to do, um, but yeah, it, it was, it, it's a bad roster. It's a bottom of the barrel team that was able to kind of go toe to toe for 30 minutes with one of the best teams in the NFL. I, I just never saw the bears winning this game. So it, it went as expected for me. Uh, I was really happy to see just strong play from the secondary. And I'm sure we'll talk about it with like outhouse and penthouses, but um,
1: this team really misses Jack Sanborn. Let, that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to get too much into individual performances. I know we'll talk about that as the night goes on, but uh, the bears kind of remind me of like the group of like middle-aged suburban guys that go to the Y and play some pickup basketball. And they've been playing together for a while and they got the one guy that can kind of like shoot. All right. So you play to like 10 or 11, you might steal a game or something, but if you play to 21, eventually like the more talented team will win out. And that kind of feels like the bears this season where if we could just play to like the end of the first quarter, they'd be undefeated because they come out really well and really strong usually. And um, they, like you said, Jack, they've held some really potent offenses to uh, at least for periods of time um, limited them throughout the game. And so it was good to see. I was surprised at how much they were able to stymie Josh Allen for most of the game, but you know before i think it was a couple weeks ago i said boy this this game is like yikes you know um it took a while to get to yikes but uh again i was just kind of really impressed with how hard the team played for four quarters even though uh the score looked a lot more lopsided i think than the game actually was i go back to our episode that i
2: actually referenced a little bit earlier in this episode which was the we picked uh the wins and losses for the season and I, I was listening to it and it it said, I said that I thought that the Bears would play this team close until the second half when it would got out of turn. And, and that's exactly what happened. What I have to say that really stood out to me more than anything else was Alan Williams. I have been hypercritical of his first half play calling, his first half uh, play designs, like his game plan going into it. And it was it was the it was the exact opposite. I think in the last maybe two or three games that he has done an exceptional job uh at scheming the teams. Josh Allen was very frustrated, very frustrated with a patchwork secondary, a patchwork defense. Um, and I think you guys kind of hit the other stuff. Yes, we're missing Jack Sanborn, and they they played a team that is far superior to them. I mean, I don't really think there's any other way around it. With that. It is time for The Outhouse and the Penthouse. Now, The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, interest rates are up. Prices are up. Is real estate dead? It's not. But when you have questions, Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties, Christie's International has your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience have been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. Now, if you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. We would appreciate it. Jeff would appreciate it. You know, Jeff has, has been with us. Uh, through the start and we're just we're elated to have him Um, and so it would just be phenomenal if you guys would be willing to let him know that you talk to him just just have a chat all right boys so bears lose again so it's time to go to the outhouse and then the penthouse again boys same order as last time
0: I think we've learned throughout the course of this season that, you know, two things can be true at the same time often. And all the things that we've mentioned, the things that you just mentioned, Ryan, about the defense, all true, but it's impossible in this particular game, not to put the bears rushing defense in the outhouse. Uh, the bills were 31 attempts for 254 yards, nearly two one, 100 yard rushers. 8.2 yards per carry and three touchdowns. And, you know, the, the loss of Jack Sanborn really hurt. Here, here's where it'll come down to In my opinion, you know, I was thinking about like the, the defensive line and, and, and again, how threadbare they are. And I was listening to flu talk after the game about those runs in which the bills just, just gashed us. I want to say two, three times, like, just big runs. And, He was talking about gap responsibility. Like, you know, our front guys have a gap and then our linebackers have a gap. And if we're playing one high safety, then our free safety has a gap. And when you do it right and everybody plays their gap, then you don't see teams reel off big runs like that. But think about who's playing our defensive three technique or who's playing our, you know, inside technique. You're going to tell me, you know, if I went and watched the All-22, it's probably likely – that some of those Buffalo Bill offensive linemen were making sure that our D linemen weren't necessarily gap responsible to put it mildly. And then you get gashed and that's how it goes. And so at some point there's just no way to overcome that. And so without question, the bears, bears rushing defenses in my outhouse.
3: I'm going to kind of, Keep it similar to Jack, and I'm going gonna go on the other side of the ball and say the Bears' rushing offense is in my outhouse, and mm. Ryan is mad. I just I thought t- about going.
2: <laughs> I had it added up in everything. I was looking at the stats, and it just well, you know, know what? Hey, go ahead. Read, them, now, read them out. Read them out. The Bears had 80 yards rushing the football. I mean, looking at Justin Fields, 1.6 yards. Per, I mean, they were ready for him. They were absolutely mm-hmm. ready for him, and my thing brendan and i'll just say this was that the bears have been able to run on everyone doesn't matter like think about dallas they were the number one rushing defense in a league and then all of a sudden they weren't because the bears gashed them and this is the first time that they weren't able to do that so it it definitely it hurts you know what makes it worse hurt worse even more though was
3: the fact khalil herbert was back Khalil Herbert, a.k.a. guy who's averaging six yards per carry right before he got hurt. Six carries, seven yards. That's good for 1.2 yards per carry. And in the passing game, he had two catches for negative four yards. I mean you thought it would be hard to find a lower total than the temperature, but geez, he did it both times. I mean, God, and then David Montgomery, he did have that long 28 yard run, which set up the bears. It should have been a touchdown. I thought, but he was just down before. um, And I think I referenced that in my breakdown, but other than that, I mean, if you take that away, he had basically 15 carries for 30 yards. I mean, it's not that you should take away any long runs, but the entire team as a whole could not get it done. And when, I talked about it earlier. When that bread and butter is taken away, Luke Getzey doesn't know what to do, and that's really where the offense started to stall because he kept going back to it. Uh, yeah, just just a rough day all around. And I know that they were working with the patchwork offensive line too. No Tevin Jenkins, no Cody Whitehair, even Michael Schofield was out of the game for a good portion. Like it, it was rough all around. So there's a lot of blame to go around for the Bears' rushing game, but yeah, easily the worst output of the season.
1: Can I just say, right. going third? You just keeps thinking Dieter,
3: Dieter, Dieter Eastland. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> got sidetracked.
1: Go ahead, no, going third in the outhouse and penthouse stinks, uh, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know how you do it every week. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the drops by our wide receivers in the outhouse. Uh, it's reared its ugly head again. You know, I sat there and I watched the the Cowboys Eagles game, and I'm watching Devontae Smith make these like. Circus catches. Watching Jalen Waddle go up and get uh, balls for his quarterback, and then I'm watching Cole Komet one hit off his shoulder pad. I'm watching Dante Pettis have one go right through his hands. I'm watching another one go off Khalil Herbert's hands, and <clears throat> it's just like week after week you're seeing the same stuff. And the 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 last thing you need with a second round or a second year quarterback who's trying to grasp a new offense is his players letting him down like this it, it would be such a big help to him if his players could could just catch the ones that hit him directly in the face mask or in the hands you know like if i'm fields i almost want to go over there and be like oh hey sorry buddy i didn't mean to hit in the hands next time i'll try to do better um we had a it coach just, do that it, it, it was <laughs> it was so awful uh you catch the easy ones i'm not even asking for these circus catches the bears are missing the, the easy like hit you square in the hands type catches and that 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 can't happen they just like it just can't happen as a professional NFL football player you cannot drop multiple passes a game that hit you right in the hands like you have to go get the difficult ones and catch the ones in the hands you can't be dropping the easy ones and it, it drives me crazy that they're not helping this kid out How is Patrick Sheldon going to do
2: when Cole Komet finishes number one in receiving for the Chicago bears at the end of the season?
1: I mean, that tells you how shitty their passing offense has been. (laughs) If Cole Komet is their number one wide receiver.
2: Yeah. You know, honestly, boys, I, as I'm looking through this, there's, there's just so much bad. I just, I don't know that I can pinpoint it. I just, you know, I guess my outhouse goes to soldier fields being in rough shape again you know because i got nothing else how Let's about, the, how about the
3: bear no how about the bears honorable mention how about the bears bringing out lupe fiasco for a five minute halftime show when it's negative two out and he does one song and leaves like this is the time that you're gonna bring out lupe fiasco when the temperatures are just nobody should be outside
1: why are you doing that in december Sounds like a bit of a PR fiasco.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Let's go to the
2: penthouse. All right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoosh.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. This penthouse, there's champagne popping. It is luxurious. (laughs) This dude, liar, he loves it in the penthouse. He's going to be here. Probably many times. You know who it is? It's Valus Jones Jr. That's who's in the penthouse. You want to give up on him, Ryan? You want to give up on him, Brendan? You want to give up on him, Bears fans? He's a bust. What a terrible pick. Okay, all right. How about my guy, Valus Jones Jr. with a 44-yard bomb catch what an amazing catch that guy's fast let's go through some more stats shall we because Bayless Jones is he's going to be really good uh we're just going to watch him continue to ascend uh so yeah so he had the 44 yard reception uh he had two receptions for 52 yards uh he had uh, four returns for 113 yards which was 28.3 per I would have liked to have seen what that translated to in terms of the Bears' offensive like where they started yard line wise uh, per drive, because that's a difference making stat, as we all know, when you've got a guy who can kick return and put you in pretty good field position. So I think we'll probably talk about Velas Jones later. So I'll leave it there for now, but boy, did he have a good game? He is in my penthouse. Valis Jones, Jr. Everyone.
3: I love the, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Just the, yeah, the Snark. bravado. Because yeah, bravado. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I felt like just I like,
0: really wanted to sell it. I don't know. If yeah. I, you, oh, you, you leaned into it, buddy. You leaned oh, okay. into it. All right.
3: Thankfully, as a twenty-five-year-old rookie, he's old enough to be, you know, in the penthouse. Because sometimes that's not always the case. I'm not head. I'm not. We'll we'll talk about Bayless. I'm, I'm not hating on Bayless. I'm just I have tempered expectations. That's all. um All right. Well, hopefully the penthouse is big enough because I am going to put all of the fans who attended this game in the penthouse because those poor sons of bitches deserve it. They to sit through a game like that. And yes, it was competitive at certain points. But I mean, we talked about the temperature enough. We know it was cold. On Christmas Eve, too. I mean, those people deserve a nice, luxurious penthouse. Maybe have some free drinks. Maybe just, you know, the Bears putting them up to say, "Hey, thanks for your support. Thank you for spending your hard-earned money and spending your Christmas with us when we're a three and eleven, now three and twelve team. I think that's the yeah, that's the record now. Um, for uh, you know, to support us. I, I mean, that th- those guys deserve it. And you know, also just yeah, they, they deserve it. I, I love going to bears games and I, I do like going to cold games too. It's kind of fun to, you know, just show how much of a lunatic you are, but just for a team like that and on Christmas Eve, I think they deserve something special.
1: Great call, Brendan. I, I'm, I'm actually thankful that you left this here for me. Cause I was starting to scour, uh, the page for another, uh, penthouse performer, but Uh, Wow. That sounded awful. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put Kyler Gordon in my penthouse. He absolutely did a tremendous job with Stefan Diggs. He had two catches for 36 yards and you barely heard from him the whole game. Uh, I know they put up 35 points, but it wasn't because Kyler Gordon was getting burned and you'd think about how much of the defensive backfield has been eviscerated. He's got no Eddie Jackson helping. He's got no uh Jalen Johnson. He's got no Kendall Vildor. He's basically uh, the top cornerback out there as a rookie. And he just, he's grown so much from where he was at the beginning of the season. We talked about Bayless Jones, Jack, you know, how I feel about Valus Jones. I'm so glad he, he did well. Uh, but We want to give up on these guys too early, and we talked a lot about uh, Kyler Gordon's struggles at the beginning of the year. A lot of fans were ready to write him off. Um, I'm so glad they didn't, and I'm so glad, like we say often, Bears coaches didn't listen to some of the fans out there because he had another tremendous game, and so I'm going to put him in my penthouse. Look who's here. So, folks, for all that are are listening you can't see
2: us live, like – I don't know what it's like it's to be a parent. Christmas miracle <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be a parent having kids coming home from college but this has got to be a little bit of what it feels like Logan Bradley has joined the bear down Chicago podcast Logan how are you we miss you dude hi Logan
4: this What's feels so surreal guys you you have gotten more handsome over time what what ha- what happened how'd that happen I, I got ugly
3: because I got a new camera so it shows all my you know no, bad no, 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 features no, no. but no, no. that's okay no, you no, look beautiful, good, good sir.
4: Thank you. Getting over a little bit of a, a cold because my body is not adjusted to these harsh winter temps. I'm <laughs> oh, soft. I'm what's, soft.
2: What, what's uh, it? you go from LA to this? Like the yeah.
4: Cold. You were the on days plane, that it was like negative. Like, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I was. And then the days when it was like negative six degrees, I just look at my weather app and remember and notice that it's 60 degrees in LA. But I can do this. I'm, I've been fine. I have not complained all that much. I just, I'm a little <laughs> sick and uh, my body is weak. So, but it it's is, kind of it's talk. awesome to be here. It's awesome to be here. So Logan, we're
2: going to throw you into the the penthouse in just a second. Even if it's a uh-huh. repeat boys, I don't care if it's a repeat because Logan is just joining us. I'm going to finish up mine and then we'll, we'll hop you in on this one. Uh, mine has to go to, uh, I, I said it earlier, but Alan Williams, I just, what he is doing with, unbelievably limited resources. Uh, they, they played tough. It's a patchwork team. You got two interceptions on a guy that is in legitimate MVP candidate. Um, and I just, I think... I just, I'm really impressed. I'm just really impressed with with what he's done. I wasn't impressed at the beginning of this season. I thought that this scheme was five years past when it was still going to be effective, and I, I think I'm being proven wrong. And I'm totally, totally fine with that. So, Logan, who is in your penthouse? And again, if it's a repeat, don't worry. Just tell us yeah. who do you think.
4: Yeah, I would assume Jaquan Brisker has probably, maybe, been mentioned. No, if if he is not, but. He just continually impressed this year. I I will admit that there were a few games there during my stretch of working and watching soccer every day where I was not able to fully invest my time in watching the Bears, but every game that I've been able to watch, he has been able to flash, and that's impressive because he's on a defense with such little help outside of him, Kyler Gordon, when other guys are healthy, them as well, but to be able to make an impact as a rookie on a defense where you really have next to nothing else help wise on your side, he's he's just continued to be a, a bright spot on a really bad defense.
2: I just can't stop smiling. I'm so happy to see Logan. Yeah, just, it's good to be here. To have all of us together. Boys, it just hasn't happened in a long time. All right, so boys, it's time to get to some tr- true-false. We've got some good ones, uh, some ones that uh, I know are going to be contentious. I think I'm going to save those ones. We've got a few listener ones. So we're going to start off with, uh, I, again, I hope that I that I have your YouTube handle correct. It is no longer a noddo. True or false? If the Bears had drafted a different wide receiver and signed Okanjobi, they would have at least three more wins. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw Logan in the mix. So let's do this, boys. Is it okay if I shake it up? So we're going to go Logan, then Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru. Brendan, you're a seasoned veteran. I believe in you. And then I will finish it up.
4: I'm going to say false. That just feels like... A, a big jump to think that if you have a different wide receiver and you sign ogan joby that's adding three wins i think that at this point in the year it would be great to you know play you know reverse and and get a different wide receiver in the draft but at this point i don't think that it's a three win difference
1: i agree with logan i it's it's tough to forecast um you know and and project out how how that would impact Bears games specifically, uh, I don't know that their their problems can be boiled down to just two players. They got they got problems all over the roster, so I'll I'll say false too, Logan. I will say false
0: as well. Maybe just play a bit of a devil's advocate. I I, I can't remember who it was that said it or tweeted it, but I think you know the Bears are perhaps um, two defensive linemen away from having. One of the best defensive backfields in the game when healthy. So I mean, I still don't think that would translate into three wins. Uh, just adding, you know, uh, just making that those changes suggested by our our coveted listener. Thanks for the question, but but yeah,
3: false. Is the other receiver Chris Olave? Because I mean, maybe you get one, but even then. I say false, and I think we've really kind of blown the hype of Larry
1: Ogunjobi out of the water. Do you guys know how many sacks he has this year? Three. I would think two, right? If he's a healthy adult male. <laughs> no, that'd be well. First that's off, one. that's that's an issue
3: that you need to. Yeah. You, wow. you wouldn't have two of those. Okay. I came back to something. <laughs> You'd have <laughs> no. That's a weird has, undercarriage. Uh, a
0: <laughs> What's that?
3: He has half of a sack. Now, oh. Brandon, <laughs> <laughs> football. How dare sacks. you, sir? You know what, Sheldon? That's that's you set that up. But John anyway, Croc. the point is, the point is, Justin Jones has played better than Larry Okajobie this year, and he's he's paid less money. So I don't think Larry is making much of a difference. If you got somebody like the elite, elite receivers from the first round, you'd have a conversation. But even then, I don't think it's worth three
2: more win- wins. I'm going to be contrarian and say true. Uh, So Mark Potash tweeted this and I don't know if he was pulling from Kevin Fishbane or what, but a fun fact, the Steelers were 32nd and last in NFL in rushing defense in 2021. They signed Larry Okunjobi and are sixth in rushing defense this season after holding rushing leaders, Josh Jacobs to 44 yards on 15 carries. Now, the bears have been gashed all season long by running. If you got a guy to plug it up in the middle, man, and a receiver that doesn't, I don't know, turn the ball over four times like Bayless Jones. And especially in key positions and key times, I, I, I kind of do, I kind of do think it would, might be three wins.
1: So I think that's more attributable to Mitch Trubisky's leadership though. (laughs) I was going to say Cameron Hayward more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For I, hey,
2: I, you know, just, hey, we're having fun. We're we're debating here. So good friend of the pod, Michael Gus. Mike, how are you, buddy? We hope you had a fantastic holiday. True or false, if the Bears finish off the tank by losing the next two, they end up with the first overall pick. So again, we're going to go Logan, Shells, Jack Wright, Brendan Shagru, and I will finish it up.
4: Don't, isn't it something we need? We need like a Texans win to go along with that. But I do feel like, this is going to happen. I I don't know, you know, if it ends up with the first pick, but I I think it's true that the Bears at least lose the last two games. Let's keep it rolling. Let's Keep the streak going.
1: I'm just looking at their schedule. I wasn't prepared for this
4: question. I need to look at who they're playing. Uh, I think it's just safe to assume that they'll probably lose. Michelle, so you're, you're good.
1: The we're talking we're talking the Texans though, right? The Texans need to lose one. I don't think they're beating the Jags and. They got the Colts to finish the season. They could, they could beat the Colts. That's very possible, guys. Um ah, I'm gonna say true. I'm gonna say true. Lovey's gonna come through and get us the first overall pick.
0: Uh I, I'm gonna first of all I don't I do not like the way that the the, the question is phrased. <laughs> finish the tank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you will do that for us, Jack. Uh, <laughs>
4: uh,
0: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna
3: say false. I think it's a long shot. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm gonna say true. And Houston not only could beat the Colts, I believe that this game against the Jaguars doesn't mean anything for the Jaguars now because their matchup against the Titans in week 18 is going to be for the division. Neither the Titans or the Jaguars have really anything to play for this week. So maybe they take their foot off the gas a little bit and Houston kind of keeps that mo- momentum going and actually gets a win. I think it's a little more plausible than even on the surface than people think. So why not? True.
2: I'm going to say true. I don't really have anything to back it up. I just get this odd feeling that, mm-hmm. that, that, that we're primed for the number one overall pick especially after all bears fans, when I, you know, me and several other people said the bears probably aren't going to be very good this season. We're like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, this team's going to be so much better than you think. Byron Pringle's going to have 1300 yards receiving. You're like, uh, okay, sure. That's a take that you, that you've got. Um, so I don't know. I just, I I got that feeling that, that that's going to be the thing that's going to happen. This is the third time you've gone back and said, I was right about that. The bears. I usually, okay am i am i a gloater am i usually the guy that gloats be it honest you're not
4: that's why it's so endlessly. out of character <laughs> i
2: just you know i just I'm, you have I, all I, the receipts I,
4: tonight apparently i remember one i'm pretty sure one of the last this tells you how long it's been now one of the last probably a few shows before my last one i remember us talking about like oh if the bears keep this up do we have a shot at the wild card how funny <laughs> is that now how funny is that now? It's right after the Patriots game, Ooh, I think. Last time Logan was <laughs> here, <laughs> I had hair. Long, yeah,
2: <laughs> That's how long it's been. All right, boys. I can't wait for this. True or false, an NFC North team will win a playoff game this season. Let's go. Same order.
4: I'm going to say true, but I, but I don't think it's going to be much. I do think that the Vikings win their first round matchup, and then I think they lose after that. I think it's simple as that.
1: I False. I don't think the Packers are getting in. And I, <laughs> if you trust the Vikings, that's great. Uh, their point differential is what, like a point? Um, they gave up 33 points at home to the Indianapolis Colts. They are not a team that I could believe in. I don't even I, I mean washington played the 49ers pretty damn tough in san francisco so i don't know that i would just be discounting the the um the commanders and saying you know like oh that's an easy win for the vikings like the vikings have not impressed me all season uh so i no i, I would not be surprised at all if they get bounced in the first round at home i'm gonna say false as well uh, the division is weak and so
0: you know, just thinking about a competition that you're playing throughout the course of the year as a means of preparation for the postseason is a is a big factor. Like the, the division that you play in matters. And, you know, I don't think I loathe the Vikings as much as Shells does. They have won a lot of one-score games. and mm-hmm. but, but the Kirk Cousins factor is so legit. I mean, there's no denying. Like, that dude can be, like, both the greatest player on your team and also the
3: awfulest. So, yeah, false. The Kirk Cousins factor is real, but you know what else is real? The Justin Jefferson factor. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that dude oh, yeah. is one of the best. He's one, probably the best football player on the planet right now. He is unstoppable. He's Kirk Cousins proof. That's how good he is. <laughs> wow. I mean, so the Vikings are going to have a home game. And you look at kind of the wild card standings as they shake out. Yes, you have Washington. The Giants could be in there. God forbid the Packers could be in there. There's a lot of, you know, moving and shaking that still needs to happen. But, yes, the Vikings have danced with the devil, like, all season long. And it's been just the wildest roller coaster. But I'm going to pick the home team to at least get one game. I think one of those wildcard teams isn't as strong as they maybe were earlier this season. I mean, Washington, they benched Taylor Heineke for Carson Wentz. There's something going on there now. I mean, the Giants are kind of faltering. I just think there's a good opportunity for the Vikings to at least Mm -hmm. win one game to go to the divisional round, then get their ass kicked in. What if it's in primetime?
2: Ooh, yeah. Kirk Cousins is bad in primetime. Justin Jefferson, man. Just just don't throw it to Jalen Rieger. Uh, I'm going to say true. I... uh, a team that continually wins close games yes there's definitely a bit of luck but i also think that that's a team that that is either tight-knit or well coached or something is good it's going on i i don't really hate the vikings i know i'm i'm supposed to i don't really hate the lions the only team that i truly hate is the green bay packers and I will cheer for them to lose every single time, all the time. If the Vikings win a game. I'm like, okay, cool, good for you. There's no way in hell they're going to the Super Bowl, but I do think that they're going to win at least one playoff game. I can't believe I just said that. I feel a little dirty saying it. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. All right, boys, this is the one. And now Logan is here. So I don't, Brennan and I are on one side of this and Jack and Shells are on another side of this. And so we knew this one was coming. And so going to be very curious to hear all of your thoughts. Valus Jones will make the 53-man roster next season.
4: I'm saying True just because I don't know how much, like not saying that you won't be able to add at the wide receiver position, but like I don't think that you're going to be able to add so many guys in numbers that pushes at least the veil of a possibility of more upsize to Valus Jones out after one year. He hasn't shown a whole lot. I think, again, there's there's a shade this weekend with the deep pass, the deep ball to him. I do think that he makes the roster and Maybe he might be one of the final spots, but I do think that it will make the, the 53 man.
1: I'm going to say true. Uh, I agree with everything you just said, Logan. I also think that there are some politics at play here. I can't imagine a first time GM giving up on his first third round pick in year two, uh, especially if he's shown some flashes toward the end of the season and, and Jack laid out, um, what those were just a little while ago. he played he played pretty well uh this past week. I just think it would be asinine to give up on any rookie uh who hasn't played a full season, who missed all the training camp. And I don't care how old he is playing in the NFL is like really hard, right? It's really, really tough and players develop and mature at different rates. And sometimes it takes a player a little bit longer than, than another to acclimate to game speed, to uh, a new playbook. It doesn't mean he can't do it. It just means that he may not be on the same, you know, flight path as some of his peers, but, uh, I just don't see a a first time GM giving up on his first offensive draft pick, a third rounder after not even playing a full season. Um, And I, I, you know, if he continues to play the way he did last week and and has two more games where he's valuable on kick returns and can make a couple of uh, deep plays in the passing game. uh, that's, that's all the reason he needs to bring him back into camp and give him another shot. And I, I agree with what Logan said. I think it's going to be tough to fill all these numbers and we can't just go creating holes for no reason. True. And if I haven't said it recently,
0: uh, Logan and shells, I'm just really impressed by your intelligence. Your intellect is <laughs> really sharp. You two are sharp. Uh, true. and you know your last point I think is a strong one, uh, shells, even if he proves himself to be continually viable at a level like last uh, last game as a kick returner, that's just one less spot that you you have to fill that is a burden the hand is worth two in the well, I'm not going to finish that shells because I don't want you to do any nest. So yes, uh, so so even even if that is um, a factor, then he's he's viable to be on the roster. And I was also thinking about this in a time period in which rookies begin to start to tail off. Look at what the rookies for like. Look at the Bears rookies, Jones and Kyler and Brisker and 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 now and now Valus. So both the Joneses. We've talked a lot about it. I think this staff is great at developing players and being patient when other people are ready to bail on them. And so that is one of their greatest assets, in my opinion. And if they saw something him in him when they were drafting him, then they're not going to just give up on him. This might be my worst argument, but if you think about AJ Brown running slants and inverts, if they can run slants, and inverts, you know, then then that's a potential yards after the catch. The guy was an absolute beast in college. We're not done with Phyllis Jones yet. He could be a bust. We just don't know yet. He's going to make the roster.
3: Okay, Ryan, I'm I'm disappointed because I can't, I, I, I could play contrarian. I could go, you know, all Shannon sharp and skip and, you know, just start making points just to make points. Um, no, this is uh this is true. And I say that I'm not the biggest Bayless Jones fan. I haven't seen enough from him this season. I am impressed with what he did this past weekend. He had his most complete game. They're not going to give up on him unless something drastic happens. And maybe they get like just a bevy of wide receivers to come in. I mean, look at what happened with Riley Ridley in 2019. Didn't see the field much. Wasn't impressive. Still made the team in 2020. And he, he, the Bears signed Ted Ginn Jr. They drafted Darnell Mooney. They still had Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson. He still had a place, and he wasn't doing jack you-know-what. So Velas Jones at least offers something in the kick return game right now. He could be somebody that maybe is a pop player here and there where he could break free and actually catch the ball downfield, which thankfully he did once. But, yeah, I just don't see Ryan Poles giving up on his first offensive player that he drafted after year one. I think that I, that would be irresponsible to me because you just don't know what you have yet. Again, I'm not like totally impressed with what I've seen, but you at least hang on to them going into year two. see what happens, see how the team shakes out. And then after year two, like you could really have a, all right, we got to cut bait or we actually have somebody to work with. So I, I wish I could like play
2: contrarian and say false, but that's, that's truly how I feel. False. I don't see him making the team unless it's as a special teamer. I I know you guys are very excited about those returns, and those were great returns. But the catch, I I I am not nearly as impressed as you guys are. Justin Fields put that in a I'm spot with where where any receiver, anyone who's played receiver, run the route. He put it right there. Just put your hands out, and 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 it'll be there. And I. He has dropped balls consistently. He has fumbled. Jack, you're talking about putting this guy in a quick slant. How do you know that he's not going to fumble the ball the, the second a DB hits him? There, If this dude was a undrafted free agent... I know all of you guys are saying we've seen enough of him. It's time to move on. It's draft status. If this dude wasn't a third round draft pick, which he should not have been a third round draft pick, maybe a fifth, sixth. some of the GM, some of the reports that are coming out saying the bears took this kid way too early that they could have gotten him way further down the road. I, 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 he did nothing in college. That's making you think that he's going to be this, this amazing receiver. Now, if, they're going to say, "Hey, he's going to return kicks, and that's it. He's not going to return punts because we already know he can't do that. He fumbles the ball when he does that, right? And especially in key opportunities, I just, I don't, I don't see what you guys are seeing in this. I, I, I I've heard Velas Jones is a wonderful guy, like in Adam Rank was talking about it. Other people, like I don't wish any ill will on him." but I don't want this dude on my football team. I, I, don't, I don't see what you guys see. He's fast. There are a lot of guys in the NFL that are fast. There are a lot of other wide receivers that are hungry, that are not going to continually turn the ball over the way that this kid has. He's 25 years old. He's one of the oldest receivers on the team, and he's a rookie. You're telling me that I need to be patient and wait for this kid to develop? Why get somebody else in here. That's younger. That's, that's also fast that can, that can do what he does that doesn't turn the ball over consistently. Like this kid does.
1: I don't see it. Three, three quick points. A Cole Komet dropped thrice as many catches <laughs> as Bayless Jones's rookie year. And we didn't give up on him. Uh, B B um, if he's as bad as you say, then they can pick up some schmuck off the practice squad midseason, but it's still to Jack's point, Uh, not worth giving up on the kid when he could be something else. Like there's just no, the risk reward isn't there um, to give up on him so easy. And then uh, the third point is I, we had very similar conversations on this podcast about Kyler Gordon beginning of the season. We were wondering what does he do for this team? He looks absolutely lost out there. He figured it out. Or seems to have figured it out, you know, after nine or 10 or 11 games, um, I again I don't think you can just correlate age to on field intelligence and say because he's 25, he should step onto an NFL field and just go. Um I, I just I don't, you know, people take different lengths of time to get accustomed to the NFL game. And so that amount of time is probably more than 14 games, um, with a whole offs almost a whole off season missed. It it I I just, I can't see a world where Ryan Poles risks him going to another team and going to the Chiefs or going somewhere else, getting more comfortable in year two and having a very good season. And now he's the first time GM who cut his first offensive draft pick after less than a full season played. He's going to get absolutely raked over the coals if he does that.
4: One more quick thing. I just think that there's also an alternate universe where he's he comes onto a team with a uh depth chart full of wide receivers that are NFL caliber, unlike this bears team, or he comes onto a team where those non NFL caliber wide receivers that the bears have had this year are hurt as they have always been. So he is playing. Yeah, I know he already hasn't played a huge role, but he probably plays even less of a role and has more time to develop behind the scenes as opposed to just baptism by fire in in his rookie season. And maybe we aren't complaining nearly as much maybe because we just don't see him as much and he's able to develop and and do these things behind the scenes instead of just right there i
3: disagree with that though because early on in the season he wasn't getting those opportunities he was getting the chance to learn and kind of sit behind the sidelines he was a healthy scratch for three weeks in a row now, again, I'm not arguing the fact that he's not going to be on the team next year because, to Shel's point, they're not going to give up on a third-round pick in a GM's first year. Whether if if he's on the border with, let's say, if he's like the wide receiver five versus like an undrafted guy or somebody signed off the streets, I'm going to say Bayless Jones wins that battle 90% of the time for the potential and for the fact that Poles still believes in this kid that he kind of stuck his neck out for. But I don't think we can say that. He hasn't had his chances to develop because he's been buried on the depth chart, even with the healthy wide receivers. And now that a lot of the, a lot of them aren't healthy, he's getting his opportunity in weeks 15 and 16. Now, like that's later on in the season. We're not talking about week one or week two, when he's thrown into the fire, this is a full season. Now September was months ago. So I just don't know if we can use that. Like he was thrown into the fire thing because this is it's not like he, you know, was shelved
2: the or it's not like he was like playing, you know, 40 snaps a game um, every week. Shells, I know you you don't like Cole Komet. And I and I do understand to, he he's not the elite pass catcher that you want him to be. Dude had way more targets. He had. Uh, far fewer turnovers, and he's also learning a much different position. We've talked about this endlessly on this podcast after Jack and I spent some time, you know, getting to talk to Matt Lacoste, who's played tight end for a couple different teams, that learning tight end is an incredibly difficult position because you have to learn offensive line, and you have you know blocking schemes, and you also have to learn uh, life as a pass catcher. And he's also now in his you know his second offense. I mean, yes, dude, dude has stone hands at times. I I won't argue that at all. But he's also made a couple freak catches that have been phenomenal, and he showed flashes. But why to, were we to, so to, to, with him in year one? Because tight end, the tight because end, the tight end, because it is was like, a, just a tougher position as a tight end. Because tight end is a more difficult position to, 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 to learn. And he wasn't turning the ball over. He wasn't causing losses. Valus Jones cost this team two losses. Now, in this and right where we're at right now, you say, okay, that's fine because it's giving us better draft position. But in key opportunities, this dude turned the ball over. Well, the same, thing, me, the same thing. The, the same thing. The same thing with Kyler Gordon. <laughs> Kyler Gordon showed flashes, right? Even I said, like, you know, he had a really bad game, and he had a couple of really bad games but he would show a couple, a couple plays where you go, wow, that was really good or that was really good. or That was really good. Aside from a couple good returns that he's had very late in the season and one deep ball catch that again, I'm not nearly as impressed as you guys are because I, I, I would put that much more on Justin Fields. I just don't see what you guys see in this potential that we're talking about. At the risk of crushing this. And then we'll probably move on
0: One, I'm pretty sure he caught a 44-yard bomb. He was double covered, and he caught the ball, Ryan. He didn't drop it. He caught it. 44 – what else do you want, man? Like, he's a speedster who caught a deep ball, didn't drop it, double coverage. Read an article today by Pompey, two things. They were talking about how they never – the article was about polls and the moves he's made so far. Poles was talking about the draft a little bit and mentioned the fact that when Kyler Gordon's name came up as a potential in their 38th spot, they laughed. They just said, no, he is never going to fall to us. He will never be an option. We're not going to be able to take him. And then he fell to them. They stuck to their board and and Gordon fell to to him and Brisker fell. So you're telling me all of a sudden they just – they, they didn't stick to their board and they they thought Valus Jones was going to be a complete. But my point is they stuck to their board and they got Gordon and they got Brisker and they got Valus Jones because those were guys that they put a high premium on and they were right about Brisker and they were right about Gordon, even though he he kind of failed and fluttered a little bit in the
2: beginning. So doesn't it then fall the reason that they could be right about Valus Jones, too? I mean, I I don't follow your logic on that because every single draft pick is is a lottery pick. It's it might go or it might not go. I mean, any GM that gets a fifty percent hit rate on their draft picks, I think, is doing exceptionally well. And so, I I I I also think that those you know playing on different sides of the ball. And yes, I, I Jack, I think people thought Kyler Gordon was going to go much sooner where people were saying, why did you pick Valus Jones? Because he shouldn't be in that. He shouldn't been picked in the third round. And now, again, if he's a six rounder, maybe we're having a different conversation. I don't know. I just have, I want to know from you guys, because I'm thinking
3: about this as well. What's your ceiling for him now? After seeing him mostly through a season, where do you think he could get? And maybe it's a player comp. Maybe it's just sort of a... You know general stat line i have a player in mind but i want to hear from you
1: guys where you think his ceiling is right now this is what's so frustrating for me is i don't think you know after 14 games and that's kind of my point okay because i don't think you could you can't take this small sample size you guys just said he was a healthy scratch for a few games he got benched because of his his poor performance in the kick return game he hasn't really had a ton of opportunities or targets. Face it, nobody on this team has. So I don't think you could take that very small sample size and extrapolate it and say, he's going to be this type of player. I Where don't do think you want him to be, I don't think you can say he's going to be great. I don't think you can say he's going to be a bus. I don't even think you could say he's going to be good. I don't think you have any idea what this kid is at this point in his career. And to say, like, we're just going to give up on him after this season. But don't, you th- but don't you think that says something about the coaching staff when when the
2: receivers on this team are hot garbage and he couldn't see the field with hot garbage receivers? Like, don't you think that says something like There's they know. already know. To know that this I guy think it's not there a guy. Yet. I
1: think it says that maybe this kid needs more than the limited yeah. sample size that he's had. Like, that, I, I don't think any of anybody on this pod would want to be judged against that kind of standard and to say, like, oh, hey, you didn't get it right out of the gate. in Your first, you know, eight games. Sorry, kid. Like, you're fired.
2: I but mean, it's I, not I think just, we all want just a little about bit the-
1: more grace.
2: It's not just about the games though, Patrick Sheldon. It's the there are things happening behind closed doors that we're not all seeing, right? That the coaches' staffs are privy to that we're not, right? So his performance is not just based on those games. It's what what? they're seeing. It's seeing that they're in practice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Definitely not saying that. Right. I again, I need to put this out here. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about him as a person, but what I'm saying is that the coaches have have not had a lot of faith in him to put him out on the field. And they're only putting him out on the field now is because they have no one else there are no
1: other bodies in which to do it look if you told me he's not like in his playbook studying the plays and that's why he doesn't know where he's supposed to be on mm-hmm. the field that's a different story if it's a work ethic know. thing then Fair. you know my opinion has changed but by all accounts that's not the issue the kid's just having a, a a more difficult time than they expected to grasp this stuff and if he's putting in the work and putting in the time like give him a shot to try to figure it out because i don't i just don't think it does any good to just say like Oh, we're done. And then what if it clicks for him in, in year mm-hmm. two? Halfway that constantly through.
4: Year, happens like, in NFL it constantly happens. Like it constantly
1: happens. And and polls would be eviscerated on this pod and for good reason. Like, can you imagine if he goes and and has like a Kadarius Tony type resurgence a bit in, in a place like Kansas City or someplace like in Green Bay, God forbid? Like he goes and now he's coming back twice a year to bite us in the ass, or he's just like an uh, um, average wide receiver we go whoa we we can't even keep our talent in house when we've got it like i just there's no there's no value there's no benefit to getting rid mm-hmm. of this kid and being done with them after 14 games it's, i it's i agree nuts. with that
3: i i agree with that <laughs> i it, it's it for me it's not a question of whether they should cut him or not it's just you know what he can contribute in the future. And I, there is a role for him. I see a role for him at, at worst. And this is why I brought it up. I could see him being some sort of a Devin Duvernay type where he's like a wide receiver four, but mm-hmm. somebody who excels in a kick return game, unfortunately it's lost its lust, you know, value a little bit, but there is still value in there. So uh, yeah, I, I just don't see them actually cutting bait, but um, yeah,
2: I don't know. I hope he balls out. I hope he plays really, really well, and I hope he proves me wrong. I really, truly do. Why? Because he's wearing a Chicago Bears uniform. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. So again, you know what? I, with Kyler Gordon, I was happy to admit that that I was wrong about him. And if if it comes around that Valus Jones balls out next year, uh, I will be shocked and I will admit that I was wrong. Plain and simple. This is the
4: we've go-
1: been in a while.
4: Yes, it is. It really is. Rewatch that catch, though, from yesterday. Just because, like, I'm not saying it's the most amazing catch ever. Several times. For you you to just say, like, that's all Justin Fields. Like, he had to adjust to that ball sliding. That was a nice, nice catch. I'm not saying catch of the century, but that was a nice catch.
2: Okay. It was good.
4: It was. (laughs) It was, It was It was
2: good. I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it was this. It was this a uh, revelation in, in catches. But
4: it's not good. what I'm saying. But yeah. I don't think it should be downplayed I, I, entirely. I, I get that, but I just,
2: you know, it, maybe maybe it's me so used to defending Justin Fields and people saying that he can't pass, and I just, I don't. I don't think he could have thrown a better ball between the two. Beautiful. So, ball. Beautiful so, so ball. that's the thing. Is I think more Jack. I think that's maybe more of where I'm conflict on this where you say it was, he was between the two defenders i feel like but that's because justin placed that ball knowing that you the two defenders are taking that angle and there's one place and one place only that he can place that ball and him and valus were on the same page at least and i'll give I'll, I'll give him credit for that but i i think that's more about ball placement and yes he made a catch full credit where credit is due but i just eh.
4: and, 65 and you give both people justin, credit yes. both can get credit for being a nice play
2: Cool. All right. Boys, we've talked way too long about this. Far, far, far too long about it. Hey, and here's the thing that I will say. Uh, We love civil discourse. We are friends through and through. And I like when we disagree. It's way more fun when we disagree. um, And it's fun when we get a little passionate about our disagreements. But Jack, it is time for your question. What What do you got for us this week? I would like to hear a little bit about a a, a toy, a gift that you
0: received as a child that just flashes in your mind here and there. You just, you probably never forget it maybe till the, till the day you die. Uh, it's coveted. It had great memories for you. Um, it was fun. You, you Maybe you played with it until it was destroyed and then cried when it did or, you know, just that, that toy um, or that gift that you maybe received as a As a child. Um, Is there somebody that has one on mine right away? I'll I'll put you first in the queue. All right, we'll go Ryan and then we'll go Brendan and then Logan and then Shells and then me.
2: Uh, I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up. I also loved action figures. And at one point, my folks bought me all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. I had the entire set and I just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours playing with those things and so I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan growing up so thanks mom, thanks dad. I appreciate you guys. I have two uh, two for different reasons. One,
3: this is a uh, spoiler alert if there are any children watching or listening maybe just mute if you're listening with kids. Give that a second. Okay, so when I was a kid, I had been saying I wanted this one specific toy all basically December long. And my parents took me to see Santa in at the mall. And I think it was like two or three days before Christmas. And they like, they're like, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, Oh, I want this like Hot Wheels. Big monster garage set. And that was a huge curveball because I had been telling my parents one thing that I was going to ask for Santa. And so they needed to work some magic with some elves and basically find this thing within 48 hours. Otherwise, my childhood and everything was going to be ruined. But uh, you know what? Santa came through. Santa came through. And my mom told me that years later, saying, You really, you know, gave us stress. And the other one was uh we got an electric foosball table. And the cool thing was, um, my dad and my grandfather put it together the night before and they didn't say anything and it was in the basement and we didn't find it until like four o'clock later that afternoon. And we were just so shocked. We thought all the presents were open. They didn't tell us. And it became one of our favorite like toys. Friends would come over. Uh, we used that thing for years. So that was a cool memory. And knowing, you know, that my dad and grandfather both built it was, uh, was pretty sweet.
0: I was well played by them
4: to slow play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for cool. hours. <laughs>
0: very cool. Uh, I think it's Logan.
4: Uh, I was pretty simple as a kid. Um, you know, as we're talking on here, we're talking football. I just loved jerseys. I think I had a different player every year. Where it was just, I desperately needed that jersey. And the one for me that I wanted so bad, but was Michael Vick on the on the Falcons? Just. I loved the Falcons jerseys. Oh, my God. Michael Vick was absolutely electric at that time. And, like, in elementary school, you're just judged, like, at least from, like, boys at the time. It's like you're kind of judged based on, like, how cool of, of jerseys that you had. This is how at least my young person brain worked. So I got the Michael Vick jersey, the, like, white, and it with like, the the black sleeves and a little bit of red in there. And it was just I rocked that probably to school, like, two to three days a week for the next who knows two, three months and, uh, pretty sure it's still in the closet upstairs. And I think we, you know, it, it got retired for a, for a period of time. Um, if we, if we know the, the troubles that Mike Vick ran into, um, but, uh, yeah, I will always, always remember that.
1: I would bet anything you were three miles an hour faster wearing that Jersey too. God, God,
3: yes. (laughs) 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 Wait, so what year was that then? Because that, those troubles couldn't have happened. Like that was probably shortly after
4: yeah no it would, i it was it was short-lived the shelf yeah. life of being able to wear that jersey but when i could <laughs> it's nice
1: this is a good question jack uh and i'm thinking about uh, a toy i got it was the um kit from night rider nice was, let's
2: go it nice. was
1: but it was pedal powered oh and uh it had like it had the the hood opened up and you could see like the stickers which were supposed to be the engine and then the back opened up and that's where i put like my gi joes and stuff and it had the light would work and you could press a button and it would say like a few phrases it was really cool and uh that's what made the christmas of 2019 so special for me that's really cool hello michael <laughs> i think- I, mean, I think Brandon Jack Ryan, missed miss that. Yeah. Oh, You're else I miss. did.
2: 2019. I yeah. Had.
1: 2019 <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. No, but that's how old I am, guys. I this predated Power Wheels. They didn't exist when I got this. Uh, that was impressive. This yeah. Night Rider cool. was so that was so awesome. This one's a little bit odd for for me. A like
0: I like I'm not a gun guy. I don't have any guns. In fact, I've never even shot a gun. My family, we weren't really gun people either. But I was a Transformers geek. And so there was nice. a Megatron Walter P38. So Megatron would would transform in into a, a World War II era pistol. And I, I think I was just like super geeked out because well, it was Transformers and then and it transformed into a gun. And that was still a time where you could run around and you know kind of pretend like you were shooting your your family. I know that sounds awful, but just playing, right? Or just having fun. Do you have it up there? You know, no this is okay. something else i was getting okay cool so anyway yeah. and i mean those things at the time were built so well like i think that like the composite like was really good and so i could transform that thing forever played with it forever easily my my most memorable favorite toy what do you got
1: the original
0: voltron
4: Nice.
1: Because, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: pretty cool. Very that nice. was a great it's show pretty,
1: too. It's pretty awesome.
0: All the tigers would like come together. Right. But, yeah. 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 So, it's missing
2: some pieces, but it's still pretty well intact. That was yours as a child. Yeah. Have, That's cool. Yeah. Can we just get a nice little round of applause? Jack's questions. Like, dude, you had mm, some awesome. better and better questions as things have yes. gone on. So I love, I, I really love listening
0: to your answers. I was thinking about all kinds of ones like holiday related. Cause I was like, well, what, like, what's one of your favorite? Um, uh, traditions that you guys do, you know, in your family, or what? Like, what we've done a lot of food stuff, so I thought, but it would be cool to hear what your favorite dishes. Because I would really
2: just kind of like to know. But I think we're out of time. So, all right, boys, it is time to get out of here. It's time to give shout outs for shout outs this week. Let's go, Logan, Patrick, Sheldon, Jack, Wright, Brennan Chagru, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys.
4: No, it's easy. I just got to shout out you guys again. Being able to, you know, miss a bunch of time for watching. Endless amounts of soccer, which is is not my number one choice, covering the World Cup, but allowing me to to come back on here and just being able to to see your guys' faces and just I speak for you know the entire audience that that you guys and you know part part you know I've been a part of it I know but you guys have done extremely extremely hard work to build this into what it is and to have this beautiful live YouTube show. So just shout out to each one of you for for just being incredible and having the passion to go after this and, and create a product that is very, very legit and allow me to still be a small piece of it. So shout out to you guys.
1: Two quick shout outs. Uh, I, I mentioned it last week, but I think it was after we, we dropped from the recorded portion and just kind of hung around YouTube to answer some questions. And so I want to make sure I, I get this on the record uh ryan dangle for all the work that he's done uh to your point logan um to put this thing together has been so cool and we really enjoyed i know it's only two episodes in but we really enjoyed going live and uh this wouldn't have happened without ryan dangle's hard work and and putting this all together so thank you ryan uh, for all your work and getting this thing up and running Uh, and then my second shout out is um he's at jake underscore b30 uh i i was pleasantly surprised Uh, i i popped open twitter one day and and i'm always like it always means a lot and very flattering when somebody's like hey i think this person's a good follow and good enough to tweet other people and tell them that they're a good follow that that means a lot uh and i really appreciate it and so I opened up Twitter and, and somebody was like, "Hey, just you know, as the years wrapping up, just wanted to say and shout out some folks that I I think are great follows." And I found my name there, so I was I was uh, flattered. So thank you very much. Uh, and and I feel the same way. Likewise, um, so go give him a follow. He's at Jake underscore B thirty.
0: I'm gonna echo uh, the shout out to Ryan. I saw the the backstory. I saw the behind the scenes was in prepping to do this, and was remiss in not shouting him out last time. Uh, juggling, you know, a little one, uh, a wife, uh, a career, and our favorite side hustle that that uh, wasn't easy. And you pulled it off. And your craziness about the sound quality of the audio on the pod was. <laughs> yeah, I am starting to worry about you. Cause it was still great. <laughs> I noticed no difference, but we appreciate the fact that you hand it, hold it to such a high standard because uh, that's part of what makes this, uh, makes this go. So thank you, Ryan. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just shout out my family. You know, I just, we, we talked a bunch of bears, which was really cool. It's fun to be able to talk with my, you know, my, my niece's fiance is a huge bears fan. You know, you go to your family gatherings and 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 talk to other folks that you don't normally talk bears with and, and sometimes it's not so great, let's be honest. But sometimes you're like, oh, dude, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. You're a great Bears fan with some terrific insight. And, that you know, we, we kind of can't get enough of that. So shout out to my Bears fan family. Merry Christmas to all of you.
3: All right. I'll continue with the r- shout outs to Ryan. Uh, again, for everything that everybody said um, – and because he's just so darn right all the time with all of his predictions early <laughs> on. But no, um, I, I've obviously I, I've produced and I've hosted podcasts and just doing the audio stuff alone is is, is time consuming. Mm-hmm. But adding on a video component is a whole nother world that, you know, just seeing the the behind the scenes, the interface. Um, I'm pretty technological savvy, savvy uh, but even me, I'm like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> so like more uh, just, than
0: shells or less than shells? Where would you
1: put yourself? I mean, A little
3: more, just just a little more. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, shells, he's pretty tough. Yeah, shell. that's that's not. I mean, you could trip over that bar. That's not so,
2: shells. Do you want to? Do you want to tell? I don't want to interrupt. you them, want to reveal?
3: Tell them. Yeah, about, uh, yeah, about yeah, I was going to actually
2: open it up to you. Yeah, about
1: what? About how? About I, the like, fact you to, you didn't know? You yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't know. Ryan sends out these links, and I'm like, oh, cool link. And then I'm like, what is this? Do I sign on to this? Do I, like, talk into it? Um, So I thought that was, like, our new link for the show. So I went to the link, and I'm sitting there, and there's, like, a hey picture guys. of our our bear. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess we're we're starting a little late tonight. Uh, yeah. Then I text, and I was like, yeah, I think I got the wrong link. And they're like, just go to Zoom like we normally do every week for the past <laughs> 18 months. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if these guys just point me in the right direction, put me in a chair and and tell me what buttons to push so I can get on this thing. Uh, I'm very grateful. For anyone listening, um, Shells is easily
3: the person who would fall for a phishing scam more than anyone. So just, you know, that that I'm actually really
1: good at I am I'm a a risk professional by trade. So um, I'm actually super skeptical of everything. Actually, um, that's one of my strong suits. But Uh, I also can't sign onto a computer to get to the phishing scam. Oh, right, right. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my other shout
3: outs, I just want to make sure I read them off correctly. Uh, First off, shout out to Esteban Rodriguez. Uh, I believe he was in the chat today and he was asking about our live show. Um, Just awesome supporter of the podcast. Uh, Been a good follow. I've been following him now for like maybe you know, six months or something. Uh, so thanks again for all the support. Glad you're tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, one person I've really gotten to know just following he's got great stats. It's start Kyle Orton. Uh, this guy, he's funny. He's, he's just got, re- got really good information about the bears and the NFL in general, and he doesn't have enough followers. Honestly, he's, he's one of those hidden gems out there. So make sure you follow start Kyle Orton. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with the stuff that he's got. Um, shout out to my old roommate slash fantasy opponent in both of my leagues. My guy, Dylan, uh, you can follow him at Dylan Synovial. Uh, yeah, we're, in, I'm in two leagues this year. He's in two leagues this year and we both matched up in the semifinals. Um, and I guess it's, it's so, so cause one, I won one and I lost one. So at least one of us is going to the championship and you know, each league. So that's not bad. Um, and then uh, just a, you know, not to end it on a downer, but uh shout out to our guy, Luis Medina. Um, he's been on the show before. I really gotten to know him over the last couple of years. Uh, phenomenal bears writer at Bleacher Nation Bears. Um, and just the funniest and nicest guy. Um, he suffered uh, just the worst tragedy you could imagine. He, um, and I, He's shared this on social media, so I'm not like breaking any news, but uh he lost his girlfriend, uh Dosta on Christmas Eve. Uh I, I don't know if it was unexpected. It seemed like it. Um, but it, it was just I know he's going through a lot and he's he's very um, broken up about it, obviously. This is a guy who he is just like, you know, I I say this in the best way possible. He's a hopeless romantic. He's the, he's a baker. He, you know, he's a great cook and, uh, he, you know, finally found somebody that, that he really just, you know, felt a special connection with. And for this to happen is just, it's unbelievably sad. I was, I was so shooken up. Um, so just keep Luis, um, you know, and his family. And of course, Dasta's family and your prayers. Um, Cause obviously everybody's going through a really hard time with them. And um, you know, Luis, I know we're all thinking about you. Uh, we love you. You know, we always appreciate you when you come on the podcast
2: and yeah, we're, we're just here for you. We know it's a hard time. I also had Luis Medina in my notes, uh, but Brendan, you already said it and you said it really, really, really well. So Brendan say thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, Jamin. Noah and Toby came to the United States for, uh, <laughs> for the winter break. Um, and uh, so I guess one of them, Toby is playing basketball in the States, but Jamin and Noah are from South Australia. They cheer for the same uh, Australian league football team. And they went to the bears game on Saturday. Wow. They're from South Australia. And they went to the Bears game on Saturday. It was They said it was like a cold they've never experienced in their entire life. Put um, them in the penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the penthouse. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were talking about warming stations. Um, and so we went out, we got some pizza, and they were just really, really good dudes. And it was a good chance. I don't get a lot of opportunities to talk Australian football. And so it was really kind of a neat opportunity in which to do so. Uh, so thank you to you guys and shout out and safe return back to South Australia. All right, folks, it is that time. We got to say thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We are just elated that you're here. We know that there are so many places that you can get your, your Bears content. There's so many places where you can uh, check out Bear stuff and, and have people argue about things like Bayless Jones or something else along those lines. Uh, we're just so thankful that you've chosen to, to hang out with us. So for Logan Bradley... Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru. I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much for listening. And as always, folks, bear down, Chicago.